are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Tuesday, January 12th, 2021. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter, at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then be sure to subscribe to the podcast for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. You'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Also, please be sure to follow the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good content being posted there every day as well. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, Thank you for tuning into today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. With the Blackhawks set to open up the 2021 regular season tomorrow against the Tampa Bay Lightning, I sat down with Adam Denker from Lockdown Lightning a couple days ago to discuss the matchup and an overall outlook on the season. So I hope you all enjoy our conversation. All right, ladies and gentlemen, with the Blackhawks scheduled to kick off their 2021 regular season on Wednesday against the Tampa Bay Lightning, joining me today is the host of the Lockdown Lightning podcast, Adam Denker, to talk about the first couple of matchups and an overall outlook of the season. Adam, thanks for joining me today. How are you doing? Hey, Jack. Nice to finally have this conversation. Uh, you know, it's, it's always good to... Uh give our fans our listeners kind of that that insight in terms of you know this is a this is new territory for both of us uh both our teams uh you know to finally call each other uh if you want to call it for one year at least um division rivals so uh you know what a time as better as any to with with the season just starting in up in two days to to get down to it absolutely thank thank god we got hockey back in our lives it has been too long <laughs> yeah. of a hiatus so, Adam, the Blackhawks and the Lightning, as you said, they're now Central Division rivals. They square off on Wednesday for their first of eight meetings together. Uh, but before we get into all of that, I kind of wanted to talk about that Stanley Cup run the Lightning just made a few months back. Finally able to take home Lord Stanley after a couple of heartbreaking seasons in recent years. But what I, what I want to know is, what was different about that lightning team that was finally able to get over the hump because a lot of their key pieces have, have been a part of this team for quite some time. Well, yeah, I, I, I mean, you, you kind of hit the, the hit the nail on the head with that. I mean, it was, it was definitely, you know, a lot of pieces that needed to be in place for this to happen. Uh, one, one of the things uh, was getting Blake Coleman and Barkley Goodrow. I think one of the most underrated trades uh, if not trade deadlines, the Lightning have had in their history. I mean, uh, as soon as those guys got going in the playoffs, it, it immediately paid off dividends. You know, I'm not the kind of person, and I, and I really, I, I guess I was on the fence of how I felt about this trade at the time was, uh, I, I'm never a big fan of trading away first-round draft picks, uh, especially two that the Lightning had coming into this season. Uh, my argument at the, at the time was to, you know, this this is all or nothing. You have to win a cup for this to totally be legit, or you're you're looking at not making a pick till the second round. And and I mean, you you know as well as I do how stacked this draft was this year. So right. you know, the the amount of talent that you were really potentially missing on, uh, unless you unless they chose to trade up, which they didn't. Um, you know, it, it, you needed to have something in return to really show for that. And yeah, um, 
as for the whole cup run as a whole, um, a lot of things need to go right. Uh, I think, you know, as unfortunate as it was with the postponement uh, with the season due to the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, it couldn't have come at a better time for the Lightning. They were reeling from a bunch of injuries. They, they just came off that 11-game winning streak, and then they turned around and lost five in a row. One of those to your Blackhawks, I believe, as well mm-hmm. at the time. I couldn't believe uh, we beat you guys. I was like, we just beat the Lightning? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I trust me. I couldn't believe that the Lightning lost to the Blackhawks. But <laughs> uh, because right after that, a couple of days later, they lost to the Red Wings. So you knew it was kind of a, a tough stretch for them. But uh, yeah, they, they, they were a lot of injuries. The guys kind of just looked depleted at that point in the season. Um, and one of the things that was, you know, the question mark, obviously, at that time was, you know, Stamkos is out for the season. How is his team going to be able to perform without him? Uh, Nikita Kucherov was kind of in and out of the lineup at that time, uh, especially after that physical uh, home, and, home and away series against the Boston Bruins that they had in the first week of March. Uh, and then, you know, Vasilevsky wasn't the Vasilevsky that you saw in the playoffs. I mean, he he looked mortal out there. Uh, he There was a couple of games where even, you know, when he played well by NHL standards, you could tell he was down on himself. And, you know, you never want to have a goalie who's double uh, second-guessing himself, especially in the playoffs. Uh, so, you know, to kind of have that time off, to, to let guys like Braden Point and Steven Stamkos, as well as Victor Hedman, who else was, you know, we spoke before we recorded that, you know, you, we had no idea what was going to happen with him. Uh, they really needed it. And to, to really get that first round monkey off their back, especially against the Columbus Blue Jackets, I think it was smooth. It was definitely smooth sailing from there. Uh, and, you know, I've even said um, after Stamco scored that goal in game three uh, in his limited time, I think the, the series was over after that. I don't, I don't think a team as, a, as young as the Stars could really mentally come back from that. Uh, just having a guy who really hasn't played since March at that point, uh, to come out there and just have a fantastic shot and pick up where he left off. So, yeah, it, it was great to see it all come together, but it, what a risk it was uh, really at the trade deadline. Yeah, as you said, passing up on first-round picks is always risky, especially in a draft that was so loaded and the first round was so highly touted. Uh, but it paid off pretty well, and you won the Stanley Cup without Captain Steven Stamkos. Did you think that was, I mean, obviously the team was deep, but without Stammer, was, was there worry down in Tampa Bay? Um, I, I think it's the, the, I think a lot of Lightning fans know, especially over the last couple of years with, with Stamkos' injury history and his inability to really go out there and play 82 games. Uh, you know, I, I think the last time he played a full season uh, was probably 2014, 2015. And, uh, I, I think right now, uh, you know, I only speak for myself, you know, my listeners might say other things, but uh, really, I, I think that that was really what the team was going to do if they were going to do it now, because really the, the window is closing. I mean, you all, you know, as well as anyone, I mean, three Stanley Cup champions, championships and, you know, Crawford is gone, you know, Taves is question mark right now you got sod and guys uh from years past sharp is retired so you know you 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 know all about when the window uh, is closing and you really need to take advantage of that so absolutely yeah i i think you know stamkos is only 30 that's what people don't realize he's only he just turned 30 um he's got a lot of hockey ahead of him but really his injury history so yeah you have to go out there and and win it without stamkos i mean but listen like you said they're deep they got kucherov they got headman who absolutely carried this team throughout the playoffs Braden Point, who 
had a resurgence after, you know, not really doing what he was able to do during the regular season because he had double hip surgery this offseason prior. So really, that was another one, a, a guy who really, you know, needed the time off uh, from March to July to really uh, get, you know, get his act together. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this team is deep. Did I ever expect, you know, how, how often is it that a team really wins a championship without their captain? Not often, yeah. but I mean, everything about this Stanley Cup run was, was out of the norm. So, I mean, I guess it fits the narrative in the long run. <laughs> yeah, right. If there was, there was a team to do it without their captain, it was that lightning team. Uh, and then this offseason, Tampa, they really didn't have to unload any crucial pieces of their championship core. Most of the squad's coming back for 2021. You have to feel pretty good about this season knowing that, right? Yeah, no, it, it's, it's definitely good when you just come straight off a championship and you have all your guys, you, all your, your core guys really uh, coming back. I mean, there are some pieces here and there that really helped the Lightning in the, uh, during that whole playoff run. Uh, guys like Zach Bogosian, Carter Verhage, who, you know, Bogosian's now up in Toronto. He got the money that he really well deserves. So, uh, you know, kudos to him. Uh, Verhage's, you know, he's, he's decided to stay in state and now he's with the Panthers. But, uh, yeah, all the guys are back, um, except for Kucherov. You know, he's out for the season. No yeah. big deal. But, uh, you know, I, I think – once again, another the, the same narrative of the lightning, the circumstances are kind of benefiting them. Uh, the shortened season, definitely, you know, it's more of a sprint now than it really is your stereotypical NHL marathon mm-hmm. in which where uh, Coach Cooper is really not going to have that pressure to a certain extent of really who is he to throw out there on a night basis. Um, now, when injury time comes, which it will for everybody, that might be a different story, and we'll just have to wait and see how he addresses those needs. Um, where, on the other hand, with you guys, I mean, it kind of seems like you're slowly but surely uh, unloading. You know, Crawford to New Jersey just retired the other day. Uh, big question mark with Taves with this illness where we were talking before. We're not really sure what's going on with him. Uh, all we can do is speculate, and hopefully if, you know, uh, you know it's nothing too serious. So it's really – and then you got uh, Kirby Doc out for – I think four to six months now um, gruesome injury at the world juniors. Uh, but so you really got Kane and, and you got some supporting cast players. You got Dominic Kubelik uh, really like, what is the mindset of Blackhawks fans now? Uh, you know, especially opening up the season against a Stanley cup champion. Is it, is it really something that's daunting? Is there high expectations? Is there, is it, or is it more of the, the, the idea of let's just get through this season and then we'll, we'll, fig- we'll figure out how to maybe patch up the holes in the offseason. All right, before I continue my conversation with Adam Denker from Lockdown Lightning, I need to talk to you all about Bilt Bar, which is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Bilt Bar has a ton of awesome flavors like banana bread, toffee, almond, raspberry, and they also have six new flavors, which are caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp, all of which, like the other 12 flavors, are covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft, easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low-calorie and low-sugar, but they're also a great source for protein and fiber. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKDOWN in all caps to get 20% off your next order. One more time, be sure to check out BuiltBar.com for a delicious and healthy snack option and use that promo code LOCKDOWN in all caps for 20% off your next Built Bar order. 
Yeah, it, it's kind of the third. It's w- without Jonathan Taze and Kirby Doc, we know what we're going to put on the ice this year. It's not going to result in very many wins. And the season, it's kind of a wash in this term, uh, in terms of wins and losses and playoffs and whatnot. We're not really expecting that. But there are still, as you said, a lot of supporting pieces there along with Patrick Kane that are trying to prove themselves as future pieces of this franchise. A lot of opportunity there, as you said, for guys like Dominic Kubalik, Dylan Strom and Alex Dabrinkit are going to have a big opportunity to prove themselves as core pieces going forward. So it is going to be a tough season, and I'm not going to lie, opening the season against Tampa Bay on banner ceremony night, it's a little daunting. I think most Blackhawks fans know that it's probably going to result in a loss with uh, some, some jets or some extra fuel in the jets for Tampa Bay. But it's, it's not a season where I'm down. I still think it's going to be a very crucial season for the future. So uh, I, don't, I wouldn't say excited is the word that Blackhawks fans are going to use, but I'm very intrigued by all the storylines because there's just so much we have to learn about this team for what they want to get back to being is a championship contender. Well, yeah. And, and I think from, as someone from on the outside looking in, I think the one thing, uh, if I, if I, maybe I could second what you said towards Blackhawks fans is that this is going to be a good learning year. Uh, you know, you have, like you said, you have a lot of pieces to, to really build up the franchise and the team again into where they're really going to competing on a yearly basis for a championship. And, you know, the guys you listed uh, just a couple of seconds ago, uh, you couldn't have had a better uh, starting piece already with those guys. And I think really the, the best thing, the way the best way to look about it uh, especially with young players that you know are not on a particularly good team is and opening up the season against the Stanley Cup champions is that really look at that especially that 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 banner ceremony as motivation to really improve yourself as to remember and and keep in mind as to what the end goal is you know it's it's not going out and and let's just let's just try and score more let's let's look long term and you know maybe the year or two but while still developing ourselves let's develop ourselves to be the next Nikita Kucherov the next right. Andre Vasilevsky the next Victor Hedman uh and you guys definitely have a lot of veterans who are uh great at you know mentoring you got Duncan Keith Patrick Kane Jonathan Taves who if, if we both know him, you know, like we stated before, you know, obviously he was, he's one of my favorite players in the league and he's your captain. Um, you got good mentors waiting in the, in the wings uh, for their, you know, to help out these guys, you know, even Andrew Shaw, who, you know, he's been around the, the, the league a little bit. So maybe he could deal with other guys that he could show guys what it's like to come into a new situation, um, you know, and, and adjust to all of that. So, you know, as, as the expectations in terms of win loss and points are not exactly high for Blackhawk fans. The one thing I could throw towards you is uh, you got a ton of talent here. Dominic Kublik, I believe he, he finished third in the, in the uh, Calder trophy uh, did, yeah. voting. So, I mean, look at that. Look, look at that. that. That's, that's one thing you could actually look forward to. How is Dominic Kublik going to, to really improve this year? If he, is he going to take that next step? Um, and, and actually, that is my question. How do you think Dominic Kublik is really going to improve this year? Do you think maybe he's going to have a setback, maybe that sophomore slump, especially with the season kind of shortened? It is going to be hard for a lot of players who, who maybe start off slow to really get things going. Yeah, I think, as you said, the Blackhawks, for the situation they're in, they really don't have any – they couldn't have any better veteran leaders to show these guys how to be pros and 
how, I mean, they've been there, done that. Everything that you want to accomplish as a hockey player, they've done. So really good mentors around this group that are going to teach the young guys how to be great hockey players and how to form a great team. As for Dominic Kubalik, I'm really excited to see what he's going to do this season. He was really just getting comfortable too last season when we were getting hot, found a lot of success on that top line with Jonathan Taze. Unfortunately, he probably won't have that opportunity to play with Taser this season, but he's going to get a great opportunity in that top six. 30 goals last season as a rookie, led all rookies, as you said, finished third in the Calder Trophy voting. And I'm really hoping one thing with Dominic Kubalik, he showed, actually showed against the Lightning. I was just watching this clip the other day. He blasted a one-timer on the power play for a power play goal. I was, I was just about to mention that because that is the one thing, you know, I, I, I do try to watch other games around the league, especially the Blackhawks, uh, as to see how guys are playing. So I actually have an idea as to what to expect when the Lightning, you know, do run into them. And I believe it was a game in Tampa, if I'm not mistaken, it was. where – yeah, and Patty, it, it was. He had just, a hat it, trick, I believe. Yeah, that was. Yeah, you know what? I know exactly what you're talking about. It was, and I and I think I remember at the time, on my show on the recap, it was probably one of the un, uh, most unexpected wristers that you've seen at that time, where a player is proving how talented he is just in that one shot. I, I mean, there's maybe a handful of players that could have a shot like that right. on that angle, have the puck explode off the stick as it did and, and just kind of take over. I mean, really the, the only three other, the two other guys in the league at that age that are able to do that, I mean, are, are you know, Quinn Hughes and Cal McCarr. So, I mean, that just proves I, I've, I've had high expectations for him. I think he's going to have a great year. Um, but it, you know, how is that going to tie in with other guys? You know, is, do you find Kubelik is the kind of guy that makes players around him better? Or is it maybe the opposite is the players around, you need good players around him for him to succeed. I think it's a little early to make that, make that call just because he's only had one season in the league. But from what we saw last year with his shot, I feel like he's kind of the guy who does well with talented players around him. And going back to what I was saying about the power play, I'm really hoping the Blackhawks are going to give him some more looks at that right circle. Like you said, there are very few players who are able to fire a one-timer like that. And the Blackhawks, they need, they need to realize that he's the best shot on this team, let alone one of the best in the league. So I'm really hoping they're, they're putting him in, in positions to score goals, especially with Taze and Doc out, two guys who we, we're going to rely on a lot uh, in the goal scoring department this year. But I think Dominic Kubli could also have success with what we've been playing him recently with is Pia Suter, who's a rookie from overseas, and we've been playing him with Brandon Peary as well. So some kind of guys who they're going to need offensive pieces around them as well to produce. So I think this year they're kind of expecting Kubelik to take that next step more as a playmaker rather than a goal scorer. And that's another area where I'm really excited to see him grow because last season it was really – about the finished product with Dominic Kubelik. He wasn't getting a lot of assists. And this time around, I think he's going to have the opportunity to be more of a facilitator and, and play with the puck on a stick in the offensive zone. Yeah, it, I, like I said, I mean, the, the one the one thing you could look at and really hold true to this Blackhawks team is is really the the amount of talent and, you know, what to look forward to in the future. Uh, you know, and, and as for the future with expectations, with this division, it is a weird kind of scenario that we both find ourselves in. Uh, we were talking before how we have some new faces as as the reason for this crossover uh, to kind of get our listeners um, really familiar with the other. Now, uh, 
what is how are you projecting this this uh this division you know i i know the favorite is the lightning and we're, you know what to win the whole thing in terms of the division but who are the other teams that maybe as just as from the blackhawks point of view who who are you kind of keeping your eye on in the division i'm definitely interested to see what carolina does i think if they play well and could get good goaltending they're a team that could be right there competing for the stanley cup especially with uh, the division not being all that deep, as you said, it's really Tampa Bay up top. And then it's probably, I'd put Carolina in second and Dallas at third, Tyler Sagan, that absence is going to be tough for them. I do still think Dallas has the defense and goaltending to make the playoffs though. Um, but besides those three teams, it's a very open division. The Nashville Predators, Florida Panthers, Columbus Blue Jackets, Detroit Red Wings are in there. So from a Blackhawks perspective, I think, it's definitely nice not having the deepest division with the team that we have, because especially playing a team eight times, you're going to be able to squeak out a couple victories. So I think there will be a couple more wins on the table for the Blackhawks that I'm excited about. But if I were from the perspective of a Tampa Bay lightning fan, I would be licking my chops at the central division. I can't lie. Well, isn't, isn't that the whole theme of this? Like you kind of see with from the past year, it's just circumstance and just, you know, kind of the, the Tampa getting lucky, um, you know, whether it's the, the, the pause, the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, you know, for one example, with luck in the playoffs, having to, to play New York instead of Philly, who I think was the one team going in other than Boston, who I was definitely afraid of coming out of the East. I, I you know, just that, that combination of youth and talent is just scary right. to me, especially with the potential of Carter Hart. If just he's stealing on. a game or something. Yeah, exactly. And and so with this division, yes, I mean, it, it really is at the end of the day, Tampa's the lose, but it, I, I'm not going to sleep on these other teams. But I, I mean, I could see Nashville kind of, you know, with their kind of little appearance in the playoffs last year, kind of maybe start getting to a quick start. Even Carolina, who, I mean, we all know how how talented they are. I mean, if they could just finish, if they could just figure out the whole goaling, goaltending scenario, uh, issues down there. I don't see a reason as to why they really can't make a, a real threat for number the number one spot in the division. But really the only team I'm kind of looking at as sort of, I guess, a threat um, is Columbus other than Carolina, just because of that history that's there, uh, especially with the amount of times these teams are going to be playing each other and the frequency, you know, really just having a game off between game, uh, a night off between games. Um, Tor- Torso are- has his team ready too. Yeah, and and you know it's going to be super physical. Um, you know if it's if if the first round gave you any any testament as to how that rivalry is, but with Dallas, I, I mean, I feel like I, I'm not completely sold. Yeah, they they won. They they went to the Stanley Cup Finals, and they were maybe they were about you know two wins away from winning the whole thing. But it, it a large part of that was really Jamie Ben and Anton Kadobin. I'm not taking anything away from the other players on that team. But, I mean, Tyler Sagan really didn't do much of anything. Granted, he was injured. So, you know, maybe one could say, well, maybe if Sagan was a little bit more healthy, uh, things might have turned out a little bit differently. But Kadobin, for all we know, he could be a one-hit wonder. I mean, that's just me. I feel like, you know, that's the kind of thing that we see on a yearly basis is the the hottest product on the on the market is the guy, the goaltender who did very well. I mean, like, look at that Thatcher Demko. Am I saying he his talent is completely going to fall off the table this year? No, but I, I, I'm not – you can't expect these guys to replicate what they did in the playoffs, especially right. with how this season is 
uh, is is structured this year as well as uh, Anton Kadobin isn't exactly young. I mean, he's not old, but I mean, he he's the frequency of these games is going to be really interesting to see how his body reacts and to see how how many games he gets out there in net, um, as well as Jamie Ben. I mean, he, he his talent has really declined ever since he signed that huge contract. So really, it's going to be a lot more on the young talent that that really showed itself uh, for Dallas this year. So maybe keep their eye on them as maybe somebody who, you know, they might be kind of a Jekyll and Hyde team. I, I was talking with Nolan and Ethan of the Locked On Red Wings show. I was on them with them, doing a crossover with them last week. Detroit's an interesting team to me. They kind of remind me of what Ottawa is doing in a way. If, you know, there's a lot of news uh, circulating on the low about, possibility of them making a trade for Junis Corposalo from Columbus. So if they get that goaltender and if he proves to be anything that he was against Tampa, uh, I could see them sneaking in for that last, that last spot in the playoffs. I don't see a reason why, especially with, you know, like I said, it's a sprint. It's not a, it's not a marathon. So if teams get hot at the right time, I mean, especially with Chicago and Detroit and Nashville, we could possibly see this division flip on its head, but with all that madness happening, yeah, I fully expect Tampa to win 40, 45 games this year, uh, even with with not having Kucherov and you know Stamkos being a huge question mark in terms mm. of his health. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the crossover episode with Adam Denker from Lockdown Lightning will continue in just a moment. But first, I need to talk to you all about betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action by going to betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, and use our promo code LOCKDOWN, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Are you ready for some football? The College Football National Championship game wrapped up last night and the NFL just finished up the wild card weekend. There is only one place that has you covered for all your betting needs and one place that we trust, betonline.ag. You can also visit the Lockdown Podcast Network's exclusive partner on social media at betonline underscore ag to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account. And be sure to use that promo code LOCKDOWN, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first betonline.ag deposit. And then a lot of this lightning core, what I'm interested in is Tampa Bay. They have a lot of this core locked up for multiple years. And as we talked about before the show too, a lot of them have full no movement clauses. We see Stamkos, he's got four more years. Yanni Gord has five. Tyler Johnson has five. Sorelli and Klorn have three. Hedman has five. McDonough has six. Vasilevsky and Kucherov have seven. I know this, uh, it's going to put you probably in cap hell for the foreseeable future, but, but what are your overall thoughts? Is this a good thing to have this core team locked up for so long, or do you think this is going to be detrimental in a couple years? Well, I, it's 100% going to be detrimental. Uh, we spoke before the show that, you know, with the salary cap isn't, isn't going up any, any soon, anytime soon. So really, this is going to be a, a yearly thing with them. And they're really going to have to make some very out-of-the-box deals where they're going to have to shed a lot of this money. But at the same time, they're going to have to be competitive. Edit of a year or two after winning the cup, 
uh, it's, you know, obviously when these deals were made, it was the expectation that a lot more money was going to be coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I have, I, I do have a lot of faith in, uh, Julian Breeze boss, the, uh, the GM of this team. Uh, he's shown, even though a lot of these players, most of them actually, except from probably, I want to say maybe Coleman Goodrow, uh, are from the of a lot of it is no moves no move clauses so Mm -hmm. that even adds a lot more pressure to really you know make this work and i this kind of maybe because this isn't just the lightning it's a lot of teams as well with the no movement clauses right so and i'm curious as to what you think of this idea i think the league maybe in the next cba should really re-examine this no move uh there's no movement clauses because uh as you can see with the lightning they it really and because they they have no qualms about spending money um is that maybe you should limit it as how maybe the the format with the nfl has with maybe franchise tags maybe have it limit it to maybe five players or so you know not when mm-hmm. half your team is is really locked up and it's really player controlled um so you know i i'm i'm for the players uh, every day of the week, but really maybe in this situation, the league should really crack down on it. Um, but what what are your thoughts on it? You know, it, it's really going to be a tough situation for a lot of competitive teams who have big contracts coming up. Um, it, it, do you see maybe the league maybe raising the cap just for the sake of raising it? I know they said they haven't, but you know, I mean, the league changes their, their thought process on things changes on a daily yeah. basis. So, so what, what are your thoughts on the whole cap situation? Not which is lightning, but the, the league in general. It's, I don't know what's the right way to go about it to solve it because a lot, but a lot of teams are going to be fighting up against that $80.5 million cap now that it's locked in for three years. And I'll tell you, as, <laughs> as a Blackhawks fan, we know all about full no movement clauses, Brent Seabrook, Duncan Keith, Jonathan Taze, Patrick Kane all have full no movement clauses. And some of those have been uh, a problem financially for the last couple of years. That is an interesting thought though, with going to like something like a franchise tag, because I do agree. I think GMs have gotten way too comfortable, which is dishing out these no movement clauses. And obviously as a player, you see that. And especially when you're part of a good team, you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm locking myself in here. So you can't really blame the players in these situations. I don't know what's the right way to go about it, but I definitely agree that some, something's got to, you got to draw the line somewhere here because you can't be throwing out seven or eight, no movement clauses on one roster and expecting that to work in six or seven years. There's just no way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the, 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 the breakdown of salary per line and you know, the, the lightning between McElnany and, you know, obviously given a, part, a large part of it is uh, Vasilevsky they're paying, 10 over 10 million dollars this year uh in, in <laughs> just for the goalies uh, That's you know, absurd, dude. <laughs> yeah and, and their first their second line is making close to 15 that uh 15 million as well as the first line is is almost uh 21 so it, it you know it, it seems like they they had no qualms about dealing out this money and yeah i i think it's it's really at the end of the day um when this all kind of resolves itself, whether it's, you know, in a couple of years or so, when, when money is coming back into the league and to the teams, I, I, I think that we'll see maybe a trend with, with GMs and teams kind of not so much being cheap, but the fact of not really being careful. All, 
Yeah, exactly. Where, where, you know, we're not saying that a pandemic is going to happen every couple of years or so, but they're definitely going to take that into consideration where maybe this was a wake up call to everybody around the league. Right. I'm, I'm hoping so because I'm sick of seeing five or six NMCs when I go to every team's cap friendly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'm looking on Puckpedia right now and, uh, you know, it, it looks like Tyler Johnson, they kind of started the whole wavement process again to see if maybe he'll budge. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't see that situation being resolved anytime soon. I think really management what needs to do with that. Uh, and I've spoke about this extensively on my show is really sit down with him, you know, and, and just have an honest conversation, which I feel like that's 90% of what is the issue with this is that no one's being hundred percent honest where they're, they're going to sit there and be like, Tyler, you've, you've won a cup with us. You know, it's a that, leverage battle. Up. Exactly. You know, you say if unfortunately as it stands, you will, are most likely not going to be a part of this team in, in future years, unless we, we really just go out there and play with one line. That's the only way it's going right, to happen. Right. And what they need to say is we're committed to putting you in a good situation to where you're not going to, you know, end up maybe in like a Detroit, which is not out of the, out of the realm of poss- uh, possibility just because of, you know, Steve Yeiserman might take full advantage right. of this situation. And, and he knows better than something. anyone. <laughs> exactly. He knows better than anyone, you know, how talented these players are. He drafted pretty much the entire team except for maybe Thamcos. So uh, I, I, 